This is the All Day Rock Off Podcast, episode number six. Welcome to the All Day Rock Off Podcast, episode number six. This is your host, Brian, and I wanted to thank you so much for tuning in. We truly hope you enjoy this episode, and don't forget to check out our previous episodes as well. The All Day Rock Off podcast includes interviews, answers questions, and provides updates on the rucking community. Today, I am very excited to be interviewing Chris Way, who is both a GORUCK cadre as well as the founder of Pacelid. Stick around to the end of the show to learn how you can get a discount on your very own Pacelid as well as have the chance to win a free entry into the next Pathfinder Ruck Training course. Before we get into the interview, I wanted to thank everyone who has left a review on the Apple Podcast Network. We've got John Mayo leaving a five-star review saying, Great podcast so far. I've sent it over to a few coworkers that have expressed interest in rucking. Keep up the good work. Thank you, John. That means a lot, both that you would take the time out of your day to leave a review and that you find the content in the podcast good enough that you don't mind sharing it with your friends. Thank you. We've got a second review from Running Mountain Mama. The podcast offers a great introduction to rucking as well as information for those who are familiar with it. Thank you so much, Running Mountain Mama. That means a lot. If you're looking for some good AARs, Running Mountain, spelled MTN, mama.wordpress.com is her blog and she has a number of them finally we've got ruckcast from mickey knuckles glad there is a podcast for ruckers great work so far keep it up hump squad out thank you so much mickey for taking the time to leave that review if you want to learn more about hump squad you can find them on facebook they have a page hmp sqd ruck club with their name originating from the word hump which is a slang term for Ruck March. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave that. It truly means a lot. If you want to leave a rating or review, you can find us on the Apple Podcast Network under All Day Ruck Off. Final announcement before we start the interview, I will be putting together a trial of AAR shows, which are after action reviews. I'll be posting up on Facebook and on the website that I'm looking for some GRTs who are interested in chatting for 10 minutes or so about a GORUCK event. I'll be putting them together by level. So we'll do a Gorak Light AAR podcast, a Gorak Tough AAR podcast, etc. And we'll try and roll one of those out once a month. If you choose to respond and end up on the podcast, then I am currently producing All Day Rock Off podcast patches. The only way to earn these will be to appear on the podcast. I think I've taken enough of your time. On to the interview. I'm here talking with Chris Way from Pacelid. For those who don't know, Chris started Pacelid after a very successful Kickstarter and has been running strong with it since. Besides owning Pacelid, he is a cadre for Goruk and an adventurer. I'm very excited that Chris is here to chat about Pacelid and some of his experiences at Goruk and Goruk events. For those who don't know what a Pacelid is, you can either visit the show notes at alldayrockoff.com slash podcast slash episode dash 006 to see a picture of it. Or you can just imagine it is a replacement lid for your Nalgene or Hydro Flask water bottle, which has a removable top so that you can store items within the actual lid. So Chris, before we get started talking about Pacelid, can you tell me how you found Goruk and about your first Goruk event? My introduction to Goruk was at a Tough Mudder, and I had gone 
to one of the early Tough Mudders in uh, 2011. Uh, my daughter had just been born. Uh, my daughter, Louise, my six-year-old, was just born. And so my wife and I hadn't been doing things together athletically, and I was looking for some outlets. And Tough Mudder was coming to Colorado, and I thought, great, I'm going to do this with a couple friends as a team, and we're going to try to win it. The four of us went to run the Tough Mudder thinking you know, that we would be competitive. And we're lined up you know, early morning, first heat, and there's this guy wearing a tan backpack. I just couldn't help myself. Um, you know, most of the time I kind of let people live and do their thing, you know, rock on. If it seems weird, you know, I'll kind of watch them for a while. And I'm not, I'm not going to judge, but I, I couldn't believe that there's this guy standing there, you know, in what looked like running gear and a, and a tan backpack. And I thought, shit, man, competitive heat. What's he doing with a backpack on? So I, um, we had a few minutes and we'd done the intro and we're sitting there and everybody was shivering. And I walked up and I was like, hey, man, what's up with your backpack? And, uh, you know, I felt a little uncomfortable because it seemed like it could be interpreted as rude. And he looks at me and he goes, there's this thing called Goruck. And we do them the days before a Tough Mudder. And when you finish, you run the Tough Mudder with your ruck full of beer. And he opened up his, you know, what turns out to be a GR1. It was full of beer. And so I kind of made a mental, I kind of looked at him, like almost in disbelief. Like, you know, it, it was hard for me to wrap my head around this guy standing there telling me that he did this thing before that when you finished it, then you could do the Tough Mudder with your backpack full of beer. So, uh, shit, that was pretty weird, you know. And, and uh, we did the Tough Mudder. And a couple days later, my wife was showing me pictures and, and it happened to have that guy in it. And I thought, man, what the fuck was he talking about? So I looked it up. And a few days later, there was the Go Ruck Challenge up in Bozeman. So uh, we've got friends that we know in the climbing community and spent a lot of time up in Bozeman. So you know, I said, hey, I'd really like to do this thing. And it'll, it's a good excuse for us to drive up to Bozeman. Let's throw Louise in the car and, and, and head up to Bozeman. I'll do this thing, this Tough Mudder thing. We'll hang out with our friends and we'll do a little climbing. I legitimately showed up to Bozeman expecting a Tough Mudder-like thing. After which, you know, if you wanted to wear a backpack and fill it with Budweiser's, you could. There wasn't a whole lot of information on the internet about Gora or about the challenge. And the slogan was information not forthcoming. Right? Do you remember that? Absolutely. Information not forthcoming or details not forthcoming. Sorry about that. So the, the slogan for, and now it almost seems like, like a golden ticket for psychological you know, bait, right? Here's this thing, information not forthcoming. You have to. You have to go, right? If you've got that mentality of, I have to figure out what this thing is, information not forthcoming. All right. You know, you got me. I'm going to drive 10 hours with my, you know, three-week-old daughter and wife, stay with some friends, and figure out what the not forthcoming information about this secret little club is. And, um, and so I showed up and the hours were, you know, seemed a little bit strange. Yeah, it started, this one uh, started at six in the evening. It's going to be over at six in the morning. So it started at 6 p.m. And I thought, great, you know, we're going to have some dinner and then I'll go do this thing. It goes for 12 hours. Actually, back then it was eight to 10 hours. That was pretty much all I knew. And then I needed to come with bricks wrapped in duct tape. So that, that worked out really well with wife and daughter because they would sleep wake up and then we would get on with our day the next day I showed up and and figured out that that it wasn't what i had imagined it wasn't tough mutter yeah and and uh, i got to you know i got to meet jack and jason and and uh the the bozeman 
crew that they had. I saw their their rucks at the time. They would give you a, a go ruck bag to carry through the event. So we got to see the brick bag before it was for sale, and the GR one, and the radio ruck, and I got to see Bozeman like I hadn't seen it before. And when all was said and done, yeah, we, I finished class five one, and uh, wasn't sure if I was going to do another one. But a few weeks after that, I did do another one in Colorado. So class five one. What time did that end at? I think we ended around uh, 10 a.m. or something. Was your wife worried about you? Um, no, she, I don't think she was worried about me. That's actually pretty funny. The, the class had six people. When the sun came up the next morning, there was some curiosity in terms of like where we were going and when we were ending. Some of the people in the class had things to do and had budgeted eight to 10 hours. And we were pretty far from where we had started. So some of the information was uh, proven to be you know, hard to figure out. You know, well, it's over when your class decides it's over. So, so someone took that as like, oh, shit, let's just decide it's over. You know, it'll be over with. Of course, you know, we're out of town and that wasn't really what was going to happen. And there was a lot of, of trying to figure out each little phase of the challenge. And it was, it was unlike any other challenge that I had been on, but there was definitely some confusion, some anger and some teamwork. And one of the participants she got really upset when, when we were talking about, you know, trying to figure out how the event was going to finish. If we had to figure out as a team when it was going to finish, you know, and she got upset. She yelled at all of us, said, you know, it's over when it's over. You know, shut up. Quit being pussies. And let's keep going. It was pretty impressive. It definitely left a mark on everybody. Proved to be so unusual that I had to do another one. That's awesome. Yeah. My girlfriend at the time, my wife now, I was in class 053 and I was you know, two classes after yours back when there was no information online. There was no phone number for GORUCK listed on the website, no email address that was public, I believe at the time. Around six or seven in the morning, we had a 6 p.m. start time as well. She was calling the local ERs because she thought that I died or something and the class just left me because there was there was <laughs> no information about the event. She had no clue what was going on. Yeah, it's come a long way. But on the other hand, you know, I, I always feel like the types of people that were attracted to the first certain number of classes with little to no information, you know, it attracted an adventurous, different type of crowd. You know, the likes of Joel Gatt, Mark Webb, and you, Fergus, all these great people that have, you know, become kind of giants in this community that came looking for adventure and something different. Part of the appeal really was that you didn't know what you were going to get. You didn't know how long it was going to go. So there were all these unknowns. You had to overcome it as a group, whatever that meant. You just kind of had to do it and figure it out. And that's changed quite a bit, you know, for better or for worse. I mean, you know, events now have matured quite a bit. The community has grown a lot larger. The GRT community as a whole is, is fantastic. An amazing group of people. A lot of the expectations now are, you know, that everybody knows minute by minute details. You know, think about selection now. You know, there are probably people in the community who've never done the event. I can tell you, you know, at hour three, they'll be four miles into the 12 mile ruck march. The most effective loadout is XYZ, you know, and it's it's kind of mind boggling, you know, the details that that people know about. Whereas, you know, had it been that way when I heard about it, it, it would have had no interest to me personally. So I'm, I'm glad I found it when I did. I'm glad I got to see it and mature and evolve over the years and become a part of this amazing population of people that, that have done crazy things as a group, meet all these crazy individuals that do do really fun things. 
Agreed. Absolutely agreed. It's been very interesting watching the community evolve and the events especially evolve since the beginning. So you run Pacelid. How did that idea come about? Did that grow from the Garut community or was that was that something you saw a need for? When you do something and, and you've been involved in activities, you've, you've reached a certain level of maturity in that activity, you, you, you know the requirements of the gear that you're going to be using. And you know, regardless of how minimalist you are, anything you do is going to require a certain type of gear and you're going to have demands of it. And so it's not unusual for people to modify gear. All, you know, across the board, people are modifying just about every piece of kit that they use for whatever their activities are. And so a lot of things that you might find handy or need to carry on you can be easy to forget. I remember when, when it kind of dawned on me, the idea, and, and the idea was, you know, people are carrying around these little kits, these little survival kits, and these little med kits. And yet, you know, more common than not, people would say, oh, I bought this really cool kit from you know, vendor X, Y, and Z that was in a tin can or it was in a, you know, something or other, but I left it at home. So you've got this thing to serve a purpose that you don't have with you. And I remember sitting around thinking, you know, well, I always forget that shit. So no matter how useful it is, it's kind of a moot point. What do people never forget? And one of the items that people tend not to forget as often is their water bottle. So the question was, you know, how do I take this Altoid tin and uh, equip it to my, my water bottle. I found myself trying to super glue or gorilla glue Altoid tin to the lid of my Nalgene because I, I tend to go place with Nalgene bottles. I have, like, I have this fear of popping bladders when I can't fix them uh, or, or if I'm too far from civilization and I got this thing that doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So I, so I like carrying Nalgene bottles. And anyway, I found myself trying to, to, to glue an Altoid tin to the lid of a Nalgene. You know, and then I kind of smiled, laughed, and felt like an idiot. I reached out to the GoRut community with a request that if anybody had any 3D modeling, 3D printing experience or know-how, I want to make something for myself as a part of my kit. A GRT named Sam reached out and said, yeah, that's what I do. You know, send me a sketch. I sketched it out on a, a little piece of paper. A couple of weeks later, I got some 3D printed versions of the pacelet for me to use. And, and, uh, I started to use them for about a year. People liked them, people wanted them, but to 3D print them, it wasn't cost effective. So it wasn't intended to be a business move and, and it wasn't intended to be much more than something that I was going to use at first. But it did get exposure at GORUK events. You know, there seemed to be some interest, but it wasn't something that I was able at the time to provide to people. But over the course of that year, running GORUK events, I was exposed to a lot of people and along that road, you know, not only did I, I reach to Sam, who was able to, to 3D print them and do the designs, but I met a patent lawyer who was able to get me patents for the designs. And I met someone who had just recently ran a Kickstarter campaign. And it came up that people would be interested in buying them if we would injection mold them. I didn't have the money to be able to produce the, the mold itself. Too expensive. But there was so much support saying, do this because we want to buy one. We'll run a Kickstarter campaign. Everybody will get the lids that they want, and then we can get on with our lives. And if I recall, that was a very successful campaign. Yeah, yeah. It, it funded in 24 hours, and Pacelid became you know, kind of a go-ruck household name for a while. I, I imagine that it was probably a little bit obnoxious, you know, just like a lot of things on social media. And campaigns in your kind of circle of clicks and likes picks up. 
that's all you can see for a while, but it's able to fully fund itself, pay for the production of the molds, pay for the run of paste lids, and produce kind of a surplus quantity, not knowing what was going to happen to paste lids. Never really an idea of starting a business. It was more like, how do I get this product to people who want to use them when I can't afford to make them myself? It's a really good solution to the problem of getting them made and into people's hands. After which, of course, I have the mold and, and, and I've continued to make them and sell them on a website. But that was all after the fact, after getting them into the hands. And I, I think we had 880, close to 880 backers. That's awesome. It's really hard to tell who exactly came from the government community, but I would guess that three quarters of the support, two thirds, three quarters, something like that probably came from the government community. A lot of the names I recognize. Some of them I don't, but I would have to say that the lion's share of the campaign came from Goa community, which which wasn't surprising because they were the ones that encouraged me to do it in the first place. Yeah, the GRT community is a good, strong community. Yeah, and, and something that they, they asked for and they provided a solution for. And that, that's what's really interesting to me is I say, you know, I'd like to make this thing. Somebody steps out of the community and says, I can help you make that thing. And somebody says, I can help protect that thing. And people saying, you know, I would like one to all support it to get one and everybody that said that they would support that did and it became a reality and then the surplus i recently donated the remaining surplus to boy scout out and girl scout troops that's awesome that feels good to give it back to a community that can use them but doesn't necessarily have the disposable income you know being kids right to go out and explore the wilderness and develop skills that are less common nowadays than they may have been when scouting originated it's nice to see kids take something and put it to use. There are many communities out there, going back to the the GRT community, that will help you through every step of the process without trying to rob you or, or rip you off in some way. And so I think that's something pretty special about the GRT community. Oh, it's amazing. And a lot of things in life are very expensive and not, you know, because somebody's trying to make a dollar. It's just a, you know, it's an expensive process to produce a product. Especially manufacturing. There's a lot of hidden costs I don't think a lot of people realize. Until you get yeah. into it and start making something, there are a lot of hidden costs. Yeah, man. I mean, every time I looked into it, I was kind of blown away in shock. You know, I thought, oh, it'll cost a couple thousand dollars and we'll make this plastic. You know, everybody talks about cheap plastic, cheap plastic. And then when you find out that the molds are ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars to just just for a piece of metal, and it's like, all right, well, that's not going to happen. And and then I'm proven wrong again. I've, I've learned a lot and I've been pleasantly surprised by what people are able to do. And the GAR community across the board is doing really amazing things. I remember you know, a number of years ago, we decided, hey, you know, let's see what we can do with a, with a ruck and we'll just kind of pass it off and see how far we can flop it around the country. And the first ruck across America passed the GR1 around the country. And there were some hiccups and there were some gaps that needed to be filled by sending it because there weren't as many people in the community. But the ruck traveled a humongous distance. Some of the continuous ruck sections broke the Guinness Book of World Records for continuous walks. And a lot of great things came of it just for the sake of let's do something together. And now the second iteration of that is happening. You know, that that's cool to see on top of all, all the other exciting things that people are doing. You know, the all-day ruck off went from this little website to having a podcast. It's crazy looking back at, at where things started and where they are now. But it's nice because you can learn, you can grow, you can mature, and you've got the support of a community that's able to help you. It truly is a very supportive community. There aren't many communities where I'd feel comfortable doing something like this, so it's awesome. The original version of the Pacelid that came from the Kickstarter campaign, I own that one. 
And then I recently purchased the newer version, which came with the Constellation kit. What prompted the newer version? So there were a couple things, and and you know I'm kind of a forward-looking person, and I and I try to look on the bright side because you know we're always trying to move forward. But there were some hiccups with the manufacturing of the first version, and although the Kickstarter community agreed on the material and the design and the look to a certain extent, there were some problems with the manufacturing. Some of the problems required that I change the mold a little bit in order to continue making them. And when I took the mold from the original manufacturer, which was down the street from me, to a different manufacturer, which is also down the street from me, in order to use their mold on the machines effectively, they had to change a couple things. In order to do that and not look like the molds were changed much, we needed to modify them slightly. I also wanted to change the threading a little bit and give a little bit of texture grip to the lid. So some of them we were kind of forced into changing because of problems with the mold. And some of them I wanted to change because I wanted to be a little bit more compatible with the various thread patterns. One thing I learned is that most of the bottles that are out there, although the thread patterns and size of the, the wide mouth bottles, they look pretty close to one another. There's not a standard thread pattern. So trying to find something that matched a lot of those. There was a certain amount of trial and error once the general size came into play. And so the Kickstarter one was supposed to have a good seal, but when the material was changed, the seal was less effective. And, and I wanted to change that because I, I like to carry around a hydro flask. In addition to my analogy, I wanted to fit both without having to change the threads. And it does now. So I like that. I, I think of it as, as upgraded. And the material, even though it's still a high-density polyethylene, it doesn't have the injecting agent into it, so it doesn't flake as much as the Kickstarter campaign. I it was kind of a neat texture and a kind of a neat look to it, but it ended up wearing differently. And I thought this was a cool thing to make it look a little bit different from the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, it looks really nice. The newer version is the one in the Goruk store now. Is that correct? It is, yeah. Goruk has the Constellation kit. When I first saw it up there, I think it's listed under Survival Kit. It comes with the survival kit and the payslid. And they weren't offering the payslids empty as a standalone product on the website. Right. So if you want to get the payslid empty, payslid.com, and you're on Amazon now. Yeah, I did I did put it on Amazon also. So that's got to be exciting to be in the Gorok store now. How did that come about? I was on the team that designed Constellation and the kit very closely matched a lot of the gear and evolutions that were in Constellation so carrying something that you're not going to forget and have on you that could be used in urban survival escape seemed to make sense. Makes perfect sense. You know, because it's a kit that's offered on the site now, it matches the, the class, it matches the curriculum. Speaking of using the Pacelid, I've been on Instagram on the Pacelid page and I've seen a number of unique pictures and uses. I've used mine personally for my dog's water dish or to bring snacks to the park. What are some of the, the best or most unique uses you've seen for your lid? Yeah, I've seen a lot. I guess it depends who our audience is, right? Uh, a lot of people put their snacks. My kids like to put their snacks or my daughter uses one of them as a chalk bag when she's bouldering. I've seen bullets, tea, of course, the dog and cat bowls. That's a, that's a really good use for it. People using them as measuring cups. At some of the Navigator events, we've made bread and used the paste lid and its cap as the standard measurement for the ingredients for bread. In Colorado, 
pot's legal. I've seen them stuffed with pot and uh, seen uh, whiskey and an Nalgene full of Coke. There you go. Freeze water, you know, and you got you got a ice, giant ice cube and, uh, man. I think that whiskey Coke's the winner. I guess, like, probably the, the most PC to weigh. I've made, like, a, a paste lid firework, I guess you can call it. I was working on underwater fuses, and I decided that I would sacrifice a couple of the old paste lids to test of whether they would work or not. So we had some homemade paste lid fireworks going on. What else? As a bobber for fishing, uh, NorCal GRTs told me he lost one in the Pacific Ocean. So maybe it's shark bait. Maybe there's one that's shark bait right now. There's uh, a little shovel. I've dug Dakota fire holes with them. What else? A candle. If you melt wax in it, you can turn them into a candle, you know, with a lid on, which is pretty cool. Got people are really creative with, with what they put in them. But I would say the standard is probably survival and first aid equipment. I like that. That's a really good list. I'll have to write that out. I forget who made the candle, but you know, the candle was pretty impressive. It's definitely unique. I would have, I would not have thought of that. So what's next for Pacelid? That's a good question. Right now, I'm just plugging along, doing the GORUCK thing, continue the adventure and do some races, and hopefully continue to build the base so it gets a little more exposure and get into some big box stores a few more on GoRuck and, and see what happens. Yeah, I saw the new packaging for it, for the 2017 version. It looks really nice. It looks like something you would definitely see in a store. My friend Matt designed those, and he, he does a lot of art for stuff that I do, and he designed that package so that it slips onto the lid and it can hang on a shelf. We have barcodes, so we are prepared to sell them in stores. You know, I tend to move slow and conservative with stuff like this, and not having a background in business, you know, I like to do my homework, and I like to kind of take it easy, give things time to feel them out, it doesn't have a huge operating budget, so things have to be done carefully and kind of be weighed what it's capable of. You, know, you don't want to brush too far ahead and not be able to do something. So as of right now, the plans are to continue as we've been doing for the last year and see if we can get in store, see if we can build a bigger community of users to get more exposure. You know, people like to tell me, oh, you should be on Shark Tank. Spend a lot of time watching shows like that. You know, One of the common things that they ask is, you know, what are, what are your sales today? Pretty clear that businesses that are starting out that are very small, they need to carry on for a certain amount of time to prove that they have market value by sales on their own. Another thing that I like to say is, well, this sounds more like a hobby than a business. And right now, it's probably still in the hobby phase. It would be nice to have it grow into a business, but I don't want to rush into it so quickly that I lose my shirt. And along the way, if somebody decided to buy it, We've got the patent and we've got the molds and all that. And that could be another option. It's important for me to do things right and make those locally and be able to give them directly to the people that use them and educate people as to how we use them and what we use them for and be realistic about you know what it is and what it does. I think that has to happen organically. Definitely. Well, that's exciting. So since I still have you here, you are a GORUCK cadre. So I have to ask, if people want to do an adventure with you or another event, which GORK events should they be looking to, to sign up for? Most of the events under the Expeditions program, Navigator, Core, Legacy, Z, and Ascent, I'm at, and, and I'm going to pop into other ones. Some of the Navigator events, the names are going to change to match the environments that they're in. And I think you know, we all agree that that's a good move. A lot of the curriculum will match the specific terrain that it's in rather than offering the same classes all over the place. I think it makes sense that 
if we're in a desert, we're going to be doing things that are different than if we're here in San Diego or in the mountains in Colorado. So we're going to match the classes to the terrain and we'll be offering those in the mountains, in the forest, swamps, beach, in the ocean, in the jungle. And that'll give people a variety of ecosystems or biomes they can learn classes in that are specific to their interests. So if you say, oh, I always wanted to go to jungle, be a jungle navigator, and you'll learn jungle survival, jungle navigation. It'll be specific to that biome. Now, there's some shared elements, but for the most part, each event it will be specific to that biome. And I think that'll appeal to people and it'll be a lot more fun and a little bit more straightforward when people ask questions about what they can expect. I think so too. And I think it will allow GORUCK to bring Navigator to more locations. Yeah, we've got a list of places that we're going to offer these in, in 2018 and, and the calendar is about to go live. We've you know, obviously been focusing a lot on Constellation and as Constellation kind of fills up and matures, the next step is the Expedition Heavy and Tough. That calendar is going to launch and we're going to have heavy and toughs that are off trail. So out of the urban environment, All, you know, almost everybody's done their toughs and heavies in urban terrain. And these are going to take a step out of the urban terrain and off road. That's exciting. A challenging team event in the urban terrain. It's also pretty exciting. We did a, we did a beta at Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and it was a success. That's the next move with the calendar and then the navigators. Very cool. Kadri Mikey B. had the Rainforest Rock up in Port Angeles, Washington. I did both of those events, both of those tufts. It was back-to-back. And the second one, we did a lot of hiking. It was a really good time. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so many Kadri have experience and interest in different types of environments. It just makes sense that with everyone's background being slightly different, everyone's training being slightly different, most people eventually get out of the urban environment. So it makes sense that some of our events get out of the urban environment and plenty for cadre to share in those environments. Yeah, and I think you can really let cadre play to their strengths. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's one thing that cadre grew up not short of. There's uh, lots of cool stories and experiences to share with people. I think that's why people keep coming back. I think so too. It's definitely a unique event with very unique cadre. I know that's one of the draws that keep people coming back to the events. Heck yeah. I mean, the great, great friendships have been forged, you know, across the board in the community and, and it's fun. And I think that, you know, everybody wants to learn something from everyone that's at an event, but especially the cadre. And it's nice for cadre to have environments that they're experts in kind of through the cadre and through the environment, teach lessons that you can only learn in those specific environments. And those takeaways you'll never forget. You know, all of us have experienced that being a part of the GORUCK community, but I think there's plenty more lessons to learn from all the guys. So true. And to juice some of those lessons, right? You got to juice them in the right environment. Yeah. Man, well, this has been awesome. I feel bad taking more of your time. Oh man, I'm psyched to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I truly appreciate it. I know how, how incredibly busy you are with your family and you there in San Diego. So thank you. No, thank you. It's fun to be a part of this and watch all day ruck off grow and, and give everybody a media outlet. Awesome, man. Well, have a great time tomorrow night at Constellation and have a great time at the expedition next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to get back to Lake Tahoe. It's one of the places that we've gone to repeatedly. And this year, the Sierra's got so much snow. We had snow navigator in March 
it was something like 26 feet of snowpack where we had our camp. And from what I can tell, most of it's melted in the AO that the navigator's at next weekend. And it'll be neat to see how green and how high the water is and whether or not there's fish. But, but to see that, you know, year in and year out is, is a pretty awesome experience. That's wild. Thank you so much for listening to the All Day Rock Off podcast. To learn more about Pacelet and to get links to everything we talked about during the show, visit the show notes at alldayrockoff.com slash podcast slash episode dash zero zero six. To learn more about All Day Rock Off, you can always visit us at alldayrockoff.com. Did you enjoy the show? We would love a review on Apple Podcasts. Think we can do something better? Send an email directly to me at brian at alldayrockoff.com. Want a chance to win a free entry into the Pathfinder Rock Training Program? Leave a comment on our website at alldayrockoff.com slash podcast slash episode dash zero zero six with your most creative use for a pace lid. Want your very own pace lid at a discount? Use coupon code ALLDAY15. That's A-L-L-D-A-Y-1-5 at pacelid.com for 15% off. Thanks so much again. And remember, attitude is everything. Keep yours positive and drink hard, rock harder.